1985, Lionel Richie met with Michael Jackson in his room. They were to create a song together, a song in which they would invite many other leading musicians, people like Diana Ross, Willie Nelson, Huey Lewis, Bruce Springsteen, and even Cindy Lauper, among the many others. And they created this song because they could not stand by any longer and watch what was happening. You probably know of the song, We Are the World. One of the great songs produced of that time period, produced as part of U.S. to Africa aid to help a starving nation, Ethiopia, where millions were starving to death. Hundreds of thousands died. And they end up raising through this one song, in today's terms, I think $140 million. And they prudently administered that aid to the people of East Africa as they needed. Famine has been with the human person since the beginning. There's been some famines that have been more horrific than others. Many have, or all, are caused by natural phenomenon. Some because the volcano explodes and it shuts out the light for months or a year. Many are more localized because of drought or, or deluge, the crops are lost. In the 21st century, the famines that we have are, duly, are due certainly because of natural phenomenon, but primarily because of conflict, war, and because corrupt government officials, because there's enough food to go around. There are still close to 9% or 10% of the world who are malnourished. And even in our community, we find places, people, because of maybe job loss or because of the situation of being transplaced from one place to another or, or whatever the poverty might be, that they are without proper amount of food. Places like North Texas Food Bank, what we do here, once a month on Saturdays with fresh produce, as well as Good Samaritan and Network of Community Services help provide that, and your support of them help provide that. That's why we have the boxes here, the food boxes, so that you can easily deliver food in those boxes, and we'll take them to Good Samaritan or to Network of Community Services. People who've experienced true malnourishment because of hunger, They know the gnawing and aching sense, how exhausting it is, and how their mind fixated, fixates on how can I have something to eat. Most of us in this room, maybe all of us, haven't experienced that. If you're like me, it's 
you know, just eight hours without food and we start thinking, oh, I'm starving. I remember being a teenager with my dad hiking in the mountains and, and I had my normal ration, which for me as a 16-year-old was not enough because I burned it all off and then being in the mountains and, and I remember complaining and murmuring and saying, I'm starving! I need something to eat! And, and my dad gave me his granola bar. Actually, it's a pemmican bar. and that, That's a really gross bar, by the way. But it has lots of energy. It's good for hiking. That was not a shining moment in my life, but it was for my dad as he sacrificed for me. We've all been there, maybe fasting from food because of we're trying to make that a prayer and we just can't handle it. We become hangry. You guys know that, right? Hungry and angry. Hangry. Well, I think this is important for us to understand this sense of hunger. One, because we can make our own little moments where we're feeling the hunger pains as prayers, where we're in solidarity that with those who are really hungry, and we can offer them to our Lord Jesus. But more importantly, those hunger pains should move us to think how we should long for Jesus Christ, the bread of life. The first reading we see the Israelite people after they had left Egypt, they had seen the great miracle in Egypt, how they left, the great exodus. And we see them now in the wilderness. And they were quick to forget how God had provided. It says they were hungry. Now, we, didn't see here, we don't hear in Exodus 16 that any of them died or anything. They were just hungry. They were afraid they were going to die. They felt, felt like they were starving. Maybe they were hangry. I don't know. But they began complaining to God and complaining to Moses, saying, we need something to eat. And of course, God provided at that moment, provided the food, the manna from heaven. But when He provided the food at that moment, it wasn't just for the people of Israel at that point in time, but He was teaching future generations about how He would provide for them. Moving forward, we see a moment when the prophet Elijah had been speaking the truth and he had been getting at the king of Israel who had been doing wrong, committing abominations. And the prophet Elijah was forced out of town. He, he fled into the desert. And in the desert, he felt like he could not go on, that he was going to die. He was so hungry and thirsty. And there in that moment, angels came to visit him and gave him bread to eat that nourished him so he could continue the journey. 
Jesus was in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. We hear that means a long time. He was there praying, resisting the temptation of the devil. And at the very end of that time, it says that he was hungry. Now granted, we know that he was hungry from his bodily needs. If we fasted for 40 days, we would be very hungry as well. But he meant something much more. He was hungry to begin his ministry. He was hungry for people to know him as Messiah. The Gospel, we have some hungry people as well. You know, John chapter 6 starts off with Jesus seeing the people who were hangry. They had gathered around and now they were probably talking about how they need some food and He multiplied those loaves. He did this great miracle for all to see. And those people chased Him around to the sea and, and to the next place. And there in a secluded area, they sought Him out and Jesus said, He called them out. He said, you're here because you're just wanting another free meal. I gave you one free meal, and you're here because you want another. It's like a college student or something. You always get a college student to come because of free meals. So, they then said, show us a sign, as if the first sign wasn't enough. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. What you're hungering for is not food that will satisfy your stomach. What you're hungering for is something much deeper. And I am the one that will satisfy that. Now, as mentioned, probably none of us or maybe just a few of us experience real famine. That sense of really hungering. We all know what a taste of that is. But every single one of us has experienced spiritual malnourishment. Every single one of us have experienced what it is to be starving for God. And we may know people in our own lives that are living living a miserable existence and they're struggling and they feel darkness all around them and they wonder what their purpose is and they wonder if they can be loved and they wonder if they can be forgiven and they wonder what is life about they're hungering they're starving for Jesus maybe you're that person that's hungering in that place it's tempting to think like the Israelite people and you know what the Israelite people did as they were in the wilderness and they were hungering they said why are we here We were better off when we were in slavery and being beaten by Pharaoh. For us, it would be like someone in that moment of hunger saying, why am I here? It's better if I turn back to alcohol and drink. It's better if I turn to the porn and, and keep looking. It's better if I inundate myself with shopping and stuff and satisfy my desires and my addictions and all what it that is. It's better for me to go to those places of slavery than to allow God to provide for me and love me where I am. 
And it's in that moment of human longing and hungering for him that Jesus presents himself and says, I am your bread. I'm the one that can bring you life. Receive me into your mind and your heart. Say yes to me. In this way, we are no different than our Protestant brothers and sisters, but Jesus wants us to do something more. And this is where we have an enormous gift, which our brothers and sisters in the Protestant faiths don't know. And that is, Jesus didn't want us to allow him to feed us spiritually and mentally, but he said, I want to feed you physically with my body and soul. I want to be the Eucharist for you. I want to be your bread of life. In 1993, with St. John Paul II in Denver, Colorado, and people gathered around to sing another song. This song was not, we are the world, but we are one body, one body in Christ, and we do not stand alone. We were able to sing that because we know that with Jesus as the head of us, and upon receiving him as the bread of life, he makes us part of his body, and we do not stand alone.